Now, if you've still got your Bible there, please keep it open on our passage. The page is um, 984, and we're on Luke chapter 11. But before I start, shall we pray? Lord God, thank you that you're here with us and that you've already been speaking to us this morning. I pray that you'd continue to speak to us as we look at your word now. Amen. So, Mary and Martha. Do you know, sometimes I think Martha is quite a modern woman. And I wonder if I could just wave at the guys at the back. Can I have my first slide? Fantastic. I think that uh, Martha is perhaps quite a modern woman. I think maybe she's a bit like me. That's me. At least... I think it's me sometimes. You know that thing where uh, you go out to work and you're juggling with the children and, and you actually want to see your husband occasionally or maybe your friends and you're trying to fit all these things in. And as women of my generation, we have been sold a dream. When I was at school, they said, you can do anything you want to do. And they're right. If we work hard, we can go to university, we can get a good job. Um, whether we'll all meet the man of our dreams, have 2.4 children who we can dress in the latest fashions, who always brush their teeth, always go to bed on time and behave perfectly. I'm not quite so sure about that. We can learn languages, we can travel. There's so much open to us. But how do we deal with the distractions of life? How do we work out what's really important? I think that's what Mary and Martha have to say to us. And in actual fact, I think that Martha gets a terrible disservice, as does Mary, to be honest. I think it's entered our culture as a phrase, you go, oh, that person, they're, they're such a Martha, or I'm a real Mary at heart. And we mean, I'm there for service, or I'm here for prayer. And sometimes we categorize the two as being a different calling. And I don't think that's really what this passage is about. I think this passage is warning us about getting het up in the distractions of life. And it's a really timely reminder here in Camborne when we're all so busy of how it is that we can find our strength in Christ. But let's take a look. Let's see what the Bible's actually got to say. Now, uh, normally I'd, I'd start by looking at the passage and by pulling out some extra details in there, but there's not really a lot about Mary and Martha in there, is there? Well, they lived in a village. Profound, maybe. See if we can find a bit more. If you keep her marker in your Bibles there and just flick forward a few pages to 1018, so we're going to John chapter 11, um, then you'll see Mary and Martha turn up again. And this time we do get a little bit more detail. Now, you'll remember the story of Lazarus. You remember Lazarus died and then Jesus brought him back to life three days later, um, after three days in the tomb. And Mary and Martha were his sister. And there we find out that they lived in Bethany. And that was a small village on the outskirts of Jerusalem. And they're clearly quite well-known people in that area. And they are well-known to Jesus. They are his friends. So keep a marker in John, because we'll come back to this. I'll stop flicking you around now. Let's go back to Luke. So we know Mary and Martha, and they've got a brother called Lazarus, and they're friends of Jesus. Now, what happens? So we have uh, Jesus and his disciples were on their way and they came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. I love that. She opened her home. I've got a picture here of her opening her home to him. But I think it's a bit of a, a, a quiet picture, actually. I think it would have been rather more chaotic, don't you? Because 
This wasn't just a case of having the preacher back for lunch after church. This was Jesus and his disciples, and I don't know how many other people around the edge there were, turning up and opening her home, inviting them for meals. He probably set up a school in her front room, effectively. He was there to teach, to spend some time with them. This was quite an undertaking. It's not surprised that all the preparations got to Martha a little bit, is it? What about Mary? What did she do, though? Well, Mary went and she sat at Jesus' feet. Now, to our 21st century ears, then, then that might sound a little bit odd. We tend to sit at chairs, so maybe let's do it this way. Here we go. Right, there we go. So I've sat down here with Ian and Janice. And in one sense, that's what she did. But in the other, to sit at somebody's feet, well, that meant something. You might remember that Paul, the apostle, he said that he sat at the feet of Gamaliel, and that meant he studied under that great Jewish leader. So when Mary went to sit at, sit at the feet of Jesus, that's what this painting shows, she sat at the feet of Jesus and learned from him. And what a radical thing for Luke to be putting in his gospel there. A woman to study alongside the disciples, to get the opportunity to delve into scripture and to see what Jesus had to teach. So that's what was going on. And that was the opportunity that Jesus was offering. Not just time to spend chatting to each other, but time to really learn from him. And poor Martha, well, she got a bit distracted. I wonder what it is she got distracted by. So, uh, sorry. So, in, in our passage here, this translation, then it says um, that Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Now, uh, I, I got out the Greek interlinear. Um, I'm afraid I don't actually speak Greek myself, but I'm quite grateful for the interlinear where you can see the English words underneath. And I've been chatting to Ian, perhaps I've been sitting at his feet for quite a while now, chatting to Ian and hearing about the Greek word um, diakonia, the Greek word for service or ministry. And that's the word that is used here. It says, Martha got distracted by all her ministry, all her service. So quite often we imagine, like in the painting here, that Martha is there cooking in the kitchen, but it's not that specific. Martha was distracted by all of her service. And I wonder, when we think about our lives and how we're going to apply this, what's our service? And yeah, for some of us, it will be cooking. Mrs. Allen in the kitchen, I went to the Vine the other week, and her dinners are delicious. And that is a wonderful area of service that she has. Or Ian, his service, well, that's coming alongside people. And for each of us, there is an area of service that we have. But does it distract us sometimes? I think that's the challenge here. It's not saying that these things are wrong. Of course Jesus and his disciples needed feeding. Of course there were preparations to be made. And maybe Martha was doing other service in the community. And it needs doing. But if it distracts you from sitting at Jesus' feet and spending time with him, well, I think that's when you need to worry. And the question is, is that service something you're doing because you feel you ought to? Or is it coming out of who you are in Christ? And I think that's what my next slide says. The really important thing is where do we find our identity? Is our identity found in Christ? 
It's been quite a challenge for me over the past few weeks. I've got my hands in bandages because I've got RSI and my hands really hurt. This means I can't type. I type for a living, so I'm not at work at the moment. So how do I handle the fact that I can't do that very big aspect of my life? I can't dress my children and I can't cook. So how do I relate to myself as a mother when I can't do these things? I know I'm not alone. Many of you have had many times in your lives, well, I hope not many, but there are times when you find you can't fulfill the role that you think defines you. And when things like that happen, then you have to ask a question, don't you? You have to say, well, who am I and what am I here for? And the thing that I have found really powerfully over the last few weeks is it doesn't actually matter what I'm doing, my identity and who I am as a child of God. And I think Mary was seizing that opportunity here. Mary said, I know there are things to be done, but right now I just need Jesus. And that's something which we can find in our own lives, that Jesus is there. And it doesn't matter whether we're very literate or not. To spend time with Jesus isn't about academic study. It's about fellowship. It's about prayer. It's about finding strength. So what about Martha? Well, I think that Martha too knew some of this. And in a minute, we'll come on and we'll look and see what happened later on for Martha. But before we get to that, have you noticed where we are in Luke's story? You see, last week, then we looked at the Good Samaritan. And when you think of the Good Samaritan in sort of storybook parable form, then you think that what it's saying is, in order to get eternal life, I need to love my neighbor as myself. I need to do something. I need to find someone who's injured and get them to hospital. I need to do all these things. And as Christians, we can sometimes end up thinking that it's the things that we do for God that count. But as Steve so nicely pulled out last week, that parable in Luke, it starts with that conversation with the lawyer. And Jesus said, so you tell me. And he said, can I have the next slide? You need to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. It isn't just you need to love your neighbor as yourself. It's very much about coming to God first. So Jesus has just taught a parable on finding strength in God and then doing service. And then as Luke put together the gospel, the very next thing that he writes about are two women who are struggling with just this issue. And he says, yes, service is important. We've just heard that in the Good Samaritan. But what's really important is that our strength comes from God and the best in that relationship. And that's what Mary and Martha say to me. And I don't think it's about stereotyping. I don't believe that Martha only ever did service and Mary only ever prayed. And I'll tell you partly why. Because if we flick back to that page in Luke, to Luke chapter 11, and I've got it up on the screen here as well. This is after Lazarus has died and before Jesus has opened the tomb. Martha goes out to meet him and says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And they have a bit of a conversation. And then Martha says this, I believe that you are the Messiah, the son of God 
who was to come into the world. What a wonderful confession of faith. And how wonderful that we hear it from the lips of a woman and of this woman, this woman who we have seen being so busy and so distracted by her service that she hardly had time to sit at Jesus' feet. Well, obviously she did, because she was one of the early few who said, I know who you are. You are the Son of God. And that, I think, is what will have given both Mary and Martha the strength to go on being servants to the church, being deacons to the church. And I love to think of them as having a church in their house. You can just imagine them, these great women who loved Jesus so much. And you can imagine that that's what went on. Because there are so many stories of small churches starting up in people's houses from people who really loved God. And because they really loved God, then they ended up doing great things for him. And that, I think, is the message for us here in Camborne today. And what I suggest that we do is that we take this passage with us and we think about it in different places. I found it really interesting. I sat by the lake. I'd been praying and I sat by the lake and I read it. And that gave me certain insights. I went into work to teach one of my colleagues how to do part of my job, and I had the story in the back of my mind. I've been going through my life, playing this story through, and I've been thinking, when am I distracted? Some things are important, but how do you stop them being too distracting? The most important question for us is what feeds us. And it's so appropriate today as we come to feed on Christ a communion. And so that's my prayer for Campbell now that God is going to keep opening new doors to us so that we can get closer to him. Some of the things Ian and Janice have been so passionate about have been small groups, have been people praying together, people supporting each other. And right now, that's what we really need to do, isn't it? And to build up our spiritual strength, to sit at the feet of Jesus together, and then who knows what great acts of service he'll draw us onto. Shall we pray? Lord God, thank you that you love us right here, just as we are, that we don't have to do anything to be loved by you. Thank you that you fill us with your spirit and that all the acts of service that we go on to do are done in your strength, Lord Jesus. Amen.